Welcome to the Smarter Building Materials Marketing Podcast, helping you find better ways to grow leads, sales, and outperform your competition. All right, welcome to Smarter Building Materials Marketing, where we believe your online presence should be your best salesperson. I am Zach Williams, alongside my co-host, Beth Popnikolaev, and we have two regulars on the show with us today to help us round out the year. We've got Deanna Murphy, who's our Director of Strategy, and then Steve Coffey, who is our VP of Growth, on the show with us today. And today, we're doing something a little bit different. We're going to be giving you our 2024 predictions, things that we see that are going to change in the market around sales, marketing, as well as the overall market climate. It's going to be a fun show. Um, and I'm going to put you, Beth, on the spot to kick us off and tee us up with your predictions, if that's okay. Yeah. I always like to be first. I love this episode, Zach, because first of all, I'm excited to have the four of you in a room and hear you know, how we're taking the pulse from this year into next year. I think all of us are talking to people within the industry, but also very different conversations. So I'm excited to hear what you guys think. And also, I just really love to come in at the end of the year and tell everybody about how right we were. I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Okay. So my prediction for 2024 is founded around the Google Core algorithm update that they've announced they're rolling out in Q1, and it'll have a rollout around February going forward. So for those of you who may not be familiar, just high level, Google makes core algorithm updates to how they prioritize what pages get ranked first versus last in search queries. They do this on a regular basis. They didn't make many updates regularly, but really only probably once a year or even biannually do they make what they call core algorithm updates, meaning huge updates that can really impact your ability to rank for the terms that you want to rank for in order to get in front of your customers positively or negatively. Sometimes it works in your favor and sometimes not. If I could boil it down into two to three things, it would be number one, personalization and the amount like truly helpful content is really what this is centered around. What Google specifically said is it's going beyond keywords. This isn't about how many times did you say the word flooring if you're a flooring manufacturer. They're now starting to do a better job of taking in other metrics like time on page, the amount of engagement that happens on that page. So this completely negates very old hat and hopefully your SEO expert in your life has been telling you for a long time, keyword stuffing is dead. And this takes that all to the next level. Every time they've done updates in the last several years, this has been at the top of that list. It's also, if you've seen in the news, Reddit reviews and posts in Reddit threads have become more and more prioritized in search results. And what's interesting is that's actually happened organically. It's not that Reddit did this huge push for SEO, but it's ranked because people see that what happens there is truly authentic conversation. And so when someone asks a question, they'll even now write, how does Mohawk hardwood flooring compare to laminate Reddit? Because they know that what happens on Reddit is real and authentic and you're not paying people to give you reviews on there. And so Google even specifically calls out things like Reddit in their announcement or if you look around, that that's what they're going after. Personalized, helpful content. So the couple of things that you need to know about that is also the technical SEO piece. So their algorithm, it's constantly evolving. Like I said, you need to stay ahead from a technical SEO standpoint. That means making sure that you've got the right tags on your page, you've got the right links both to your website from external sources like backlinking and throughout your site like internal linking. Do some checks to make sure that your website loads quickly, easy to navigate. There's lots of tools available for that. The final piece that we've all been waiting for is how Google is going to handle AI in the coming year. And 
I've personally been waiting for this because there's a lot of conversation about it. And I think there's something very important in the details about what they shared. One of the things they said is they're getting better at identifying AI content and they're going to penalize people for things like keyword stuffing, AI-generated content. Importantly, AI-generated content without human oversight. So that to me is very indicative of the future of AI-generated content in general. We've had conversations, you've heard us say it on the podcast, generated content is not going anywhere because it's too ubiquitous, even though Google has said they hate it. What they're talking about is AI-generated content that you put into chat GPT, copy-paste into your blog, and then just keep rolling like an AI-generative content manufacturing machine. That's not going to get you results, but leveraging AI generative content to increase your ability to create good work that then you put your technical subject matter expertise into, that's going to be really huge. Beth, I don't know how anybody follows that. That's really good. Can I make a comment about AI here? Because one thing that people don't think about in reference to AI content is the cost and load on the part of Google, meaning every time the new content is created, Google has to index that. And the cost of Google for that continues to increase at the speed at which content can be created. So I think what they're saying is they're leaning into the fact that like, hey, we can't fight this, but we want to ensure the quality back to your original point around like things like Reddit, people are injecting themselves and elevating the quality of that content. It's interesting to see how it's going to play out. Beth, to your point, when I speak to a lot of manufacturers and marketing teams, one of the most frequent questions is how much content should I produce? So in that prediction, which is very interesting, do you think the quantity of content that will be needed to be effective is going to change in 2024? That's a great question. And I think what we've seen from digital platforms, Google, even social media, is over the last few years, the emphasis is ever increasingly on quality over quantity. And so a great response that we typically give when we're asked that, Steve, is you should produce as much content as you can when it comes to doing it really, really well. So in this case, leverage AI to help you create an outline so that you have a starting point and you know the important pieces to create around that content, et cetera. It shouldn't and can't write the whole blog for you because it doesn't have your experience and knowledge and does have limitations when it comes to human engagement, but it should help you be able to have that be a feasible piece of the content that you create. And again, emphasis on quality. If you can do one really killer piece a month, that's better than doing zero and probably also better than doing five very mediocre ones. Steve, what is your prediction for 2024? Beth, you did such a good job. So mine may not be as specific. Mine is more just from conversations that I have around the industry. I'm at all the shows. I talk to a lot of different executive teams and marketing teams and sales teams across the industry. And one of the things that I think is going to be prevalent or going to be needed in 2024 to win is the human connection. We lost that during COVID companies scrambled to change. They invested a lot in their digital presence and they pushed really hard into that. And employees went home. People worked from home. Sales reps worked from home. The individuals who drove around in vans around the job sites, that slowed down even. So there was this change. And I think in latter end of 2022 and in 2023, there was a shift back to more people on the road. Trade shows started to be more attended. Builders started going to more trade shows. And you see 
people wanting that human connection. I think that's going to be important. And I think the extent to which manufacturers are successful in integrating marketing and sales teams, that will determine how they win and how they win market share and revenue market share in the industry. I think going back to your point, creating content that's relevant, right? That needs to be an effort by a sales team and a marketing team. And when you do that and you create relevant content, it means something to me as a builder, as an architect, it's relevant to me. I'm being brought into the brand in a unique way. So I see the human connection being very, very important. Sales teams are going to have to be very effective in making a builder feel like they're being cared for and they're being connected to. That isn't just the responsibility of the digital presence. Your digital presence should be a successful tool in a very healthy sales environment. So I think that you'll see that happen more and more where builders, architects, engineers, they're going to want more of a human connection than perhaps they've had in the last two years. One of the questions we get asked or feedback that we get, especially when we're presenting at summits and seminars, is we are a relational company. We are handshake to handshake sales teams. How would you respond to someone who says digital hinders or doesn't fit in our organization because of exactly what you said? We're a relationally based business and really need that one-to-one contact for sales. Great question. And I am a firm believer in old school sales tactics. They work. I don't think they're going anywhere. I think utilizing your digital presence in that user journey is what will help you win. So I'm not saying that you do away with old school sales tactics. I'm saying that you leverage your digital presence within that. You know, let's say an architect gets off the phone with a rep. Their next step may be to get on your website. So is the website going to effectively pick up the conversation where the rep left off? Let's say they get off a phone call with a dealer or, you know, a distribution partner. Their next step may be to go and find you on a social media platform. So can you pick up the conversation on those platforms and nurture that and continue it? So it's not doing away with old school sales tactics. It's embracing the digital presence and making an effective tool within that. What about you, Deanna? What do you see? What's your big prediction for 2024? I have two. My first prediction is that digital marketers in the building materials industry will get their brands off of Twitter, not because of anything going on specifically at Twitter, just because I think it's all time for us to look at our metrics on Twitter. It's nothing. Do you see that? Like you're looking at like let's say your client specifically, and like, they're like, let's push into Twitter. And like their audience just isn't there. Is that the issue? Nobody says anymore, let's push into Twitter. We don't have any new clients or new brands spinning up that think that their place is on Twitter. Most of the building materials manufacturers that I see that are on Twitter have been on Twitter for the past 10 years. And it's just a force of habit. It's like a checkbox. If you've been on Twitter for 10 years, I have this great party trick where if you tell me what year you joined Twitter, I can average about how many followers you have, like celebrities and actual influencers aside, because in the very beginning, 10, 15 years ago, Twitter made it really easy for you to gain followers. And I think that's why it's hard for manufacturers to walk away because they have like 200 followers on every other platform. 
But on Twitter, we have like 1,200 followers. Our engagement is zero. No one has touched a single tweet for two years in a row, but it makes our metrics look really good. It makes it feel like you're leaving something on the table if you walk away. I think what you're saying is really smart though, Deanna, is let's look at the results to see. I was looking at a client's heat mapping on their websites and all of their social media buttons had been clicked. We were looking at like a full year's worth of heat mapping and all of their social media platforms had been clicked except for Twitter. And I was like, we got to draw a line in the sand. We're done. I don't even have anything against Twitter. It's simply how building materials, brands operate and the types of content that they push out is not the best type of content for Twitter. My next prediction is that our trend of consolidation is going to continue. I can't tell you how many brands that I work with have been absorbed into other brands, have been bought, have been sold, have been consolidated. It's going to impact you in some way, shape, or form. My recommendation is get your ducks in a row. Some brands it's astonishing to me, have zero care about ROI on their marketing. They're like, yeah, I just get a check from leadership. Nobody cares about my return. Nobody cares about what I generate with it. Like they just consider it part of overhead. If you get acquired, like your marketing budget will be gone because they're going to take one look at that and they're going to cut it. They're going to see it's easy pickings, not bringing in revenue. It's going to go. My recommendation is get your ducks in a row, start to show return. Even if your leadership currently isn't requiring it, do it anyway. The tools are out there. The tracking exists to understand the return on not only your department's budget, but your own headcount. Use it. Communicate back to the organization the value that you are bringing. Be proactive. Those are my recommendations. All right. So I'll round this out. My prediction for the year is not around digital marketing, but it's more around the macro economy. You talked a little about Twitter as a whole and Steve talked about people going back a little bit more old school. I firmly believe on that vein of consolidation, I firmly believe if I look at who's going to do well next year in the building product, real estate market as a whole, big builders, I think, will continue to do well. And I reinforce this with a stat. If you look at Toll Brothers cancellation rate by year, even though we saw 8% interest rates this year, Toll Brothers cancellation rate last year in 2022 was 20.8%. Okay. Even though we hit 8% mortgage rates, it was only 10.8% for Toll Brothers this year. Now, that was in large part because of rate buy downs, concessions on the part of builders, the lack of inventory as a whole, the fact there wasn't a lot of resale activity. Maybe they were producing less. There's a lot of like different factors that fall into that. But to me, I look at that and go, okay, big builders understand and have figured out how to perform well in a market that's very different in a way that, frankly, a lot of companies either can't or don't know how to. So I think that they're going to continue to do well. So if you're a manufacturer, like, hey, who can we try to sell into and who should we be marketing to? Leaning into those big builders, if you have a residential product, is probably a very smart idea. What I saw with my clients in 2023 was we saw track home builders struggling a little more their quantity was down, but custom projects were strong. Do you anticipate that to continue in 2024? That's a really good question, Deanna. And I think this has to do with who the buyer is. So if you look at like a big builder versus a track home builder versus a custom builder, custom builders working with people where, frankly, a lot of times money is not an issue. They're not getting a loan. They're just literally building off of cash that they have. So I think that those builders will continue to do well. And a lot of those companies are just doing a handful of homes a year. 
you're absolutely, I think the companies that are going to get squeezed are those track builders. Like there's a company I know in our town, I saw a buddy of mine getting lunch with one of these track builders and he's like really feeling the pinch of mortgage rates for a development that he's working on because it's not big enough that he can buy down the rates and can't really exercise that kind of creativity, but he's also not working with a clientele base that's paying cash. So there's a, a vast majority of America who's like, hey, I'm just going to look at rates and then make a decision. There's some data out from the Fed, actually. This is a chart. I can try to include this in our show notes. But the title of this chart is Drivers of Housing Affordability, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of Atlanta. And they basically point to the fact that like mortgage rate is like the single biggest issue driving demand right now. If we can see things drop, that's going to change. I think actually this week when we're recording this, we saw rates dip into the six percentile range, like 6.7, something like that. Don't quote me on it. But I think if you see that that continue... It's going to, I think, potentially help some of those track builders that you're talking about, Deanna. So that was a long-winded answer, but like that's what I see happening. All right. So for our listeners, we want to round up here by thanking you for just taking part in our show, for giving us your time, for sending us notes as well as feedback on our shows. And we encourage you, if there's any predictions you have that you feel really strongly about, drop us a note at podcast at venvio.com. We get those. We'd love to hear them from you. And we have an awesome lineup of guests coming in 2024. If you have any recommendations as well, we'd love to hear them. Again, email us at podcast at venue.com. And to my co-host, Beth, thank you for an awesome year joining me on the show, making the show, frankly, a lot better than I could just do on my own. It's probably very good, just mostly because you're on it, right? <laughs> obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously, right? Deanna and Steve, thank you for all the help you provided us this year, as well as this show. And for our listeners, if you enjoyed this, Check us out at venvio.com slash podcast to subscribe and get more. Until next time, I'm Zach Williams. Thanks, everybody.